Welcome back to our series on biblical womanhood. In this lesson, we want to continue to look at the most important New Testament text on the role of women in the home as well as the church. Thus far, here in Titus 2, we have learned that the older, more mature Christian women have a very special role to fill in the Church of Jesus Christ. We discovered, however, that not every woman, not every older woman, is really qualified to fill this role of teaching the younger women. The Apostle Paul wrote to Titus that before the older women teach the younger, they should be sound in faith. That means diligently studying and obeying the scriptures. They also should demonstrate love for the Lord as well as love for and patience with people. The godly older women are to be reverent in behavior, setting an example of godliness. They are to be self-controlled and not prone to gossip or the sowing of discord. In our last lesson, we looked at the very first thing the godly older women are to teach the younger women, and that is to love their husbands. We learn that we love our husbands by showing them respect, and we do that by looking to them to teach us and lead us. We do it by listening to them, not correcting them or contradicting them or belittling them before other people. We love them by meeting their physical needs and putting 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 into practice in our relationships with them. Well, today in this lesson, I would like to consider the second specific thing the older women are to be teaching and discipling the younger women in, and that is to love their children. So if you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me once again to Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, Titus 2, 1 through 5. But as for you, teach what, a sound, uh, which, what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, love, and steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. The second thing the Apostle Paul wrote that the older women are to teach the younger is to love their children. Now, we think sometimes that all mothers love their children, but we only have to look at news reports and really look all around us to see that that is not true. But I would say that most Christian mothers really do love their children and they want what's best for them, but sometimes we're not sure exactly what is the best way, the biblical way to express love to our children. And every mother, even the best of moms, need encouragement and help sometimes to be a better mother for the glory of God. And so I'd like to share with you a few ways I believe that that can happen. The first way you love your children is by teaching them the word and the ways of God. The Apostle Paul spoke of Timothy's mother and grandmother in these endearing terms in 2 Timothy 1.5. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. 
Ladies, it's so important that we develop a deep love and trust in the Word of God, that we read it, study it, memorize it, and internalize it, and then teach it to our children and our grandchildren. This should be our first priority in parenting. It is the scripture that the Lord will use to draw your children to himself. So we should take every opportunity to teach the truths of the Bible to our children. Deuteronomy 6, 6, and 7 reads, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. That's where it begins. Plant it deep in your heart first. And you shall teach them diligently, diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. The Lord stresses that parents should first have the word of God in their own hearts. And then they should diligently, not haphazardly, not lazily, but diligently teach it to their children. You should be biblically instructing your children, especially in regard to the gospel, whenever the opportunity arises. Read the Bible with your children. Explain it to them. Answer their questions. Memorize it together. You also must teach your children by example in the way you live. One thing that would mean is taking them to church consistently. Regularly taking your children to the church services communicates to them the importance of corporate worship and fellowship. Consistent exposure to the preaching of the word and the fellowship of saints makes a powerful statement to your children about your priorities, your love for the Lord, his truth, and his people. And it teaches them again that this world is much bigger than just them, just our family. There is a big family of God, and they need to realize that once they are born again, they are part of this family. Make sure you daily pray with your children and for your children. One wise lady said, the greatest gift of love you and I can give our children is to pray for them. I agree with that statement, but I think we also show love to them when we pray with them. When we teach them that prayer is not just a formal thing at mealtimes or bedtime, but we can always go to our Father in prayer. When they're troubled, when they're joyful, and they, they're rejoicing in something that the Lord has done, teach them that every good and perfect gift is from the Father and teach them to thank Him, to recognize His hand in their lives. Teach them to pray when they're joyful, when they're sorrowful, when they're afraid, when they have sinned and need forgiveness. We have so many opportunities that we should take advantage of to teach our children to run to the Father in prayer. Dear sisters, love your children by teaching them the word and the ways of God. Secondly, you love your children by putting 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 into practice in your relationship with them. Now, in our last lesson, we talked a little bit about the importance of putting this passage of scripture into practice in your relationship with your husband. But it's equally important that we demonstrate these beautiful and convicting truths with our children as well. So let's refresh our memories by looking at that passage of scripture once more. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not 
Rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. These four verses should consistently be a part of your thinking as you're training your children. It should be a reminder to you when you're up all night with a sick child that even though you're tired, you can speak with a gentle voice because love is kind. When your little girl is slow in getting something done and you're patient with her, you're teaching her by your actions that love is patient. When your little one's having a bad day and you've already had to stop what you're doing and spank them four times, God will give you the grace to calmly discipline your child in love because love is not irritable or resentful and it bears all things. My mother was a single mom much of the time I was growing up, and she worked very hard in a factory to provide for my four younger siblings and me. When I was about 10 years old, I came down with a very bad case of the flu, and I was so sick. My mother stayed home from work to care for me, and I particularly remember one night when she wiped my hot forehead with a cool cloth and she brought me cold drinks and sat and held my hand and just was there to comfort me. I felt so loved and cared for by my sweet mother. I knew it was a sacrifice for her to, meet, to miss work, to give up her sleep, to sit up with me. And you know, although that was over 50 years ago, I have never forgotten her sacrifice and her tenderness. You make an impact on your children when you take those special opportunities to, miss, to minister to them. The Lord gives us these chances to minister to our families in a special way when they're sick or they're hurting or they're in some sort of special need. When they're sick and we lovingly serve them by bringing medicine and hot or cold beverages, by changing their bed sheets when their fever has broken reading aloud to them, just doing whatever we can to make them more comfortable without murmuring or complaining. It ministers to them far more than just simply meeting physical needs. Now, I realize that some women don't naturally have a tender-hearted disposition, but any woman who is a Christian can learn to express compassion. And if you keep expressing it, eventually you will feel sympathetic. Since love is patient and kind, when you are impatient or unkind, you're really showing the very opposite of love. When you're indifferent to your, towards your children, when you ignore them and spend time on your phone when you should be spending time with them, when you show dislike, contempt, or anger, it's wrong and you need to confess it as sin and repent. If you have a difficult time showing compassion to your husband or your children, I would encourage you to study the scriptures on compassion. Meditate on those verses. Also, learn from the Lord Jesus and the great compassion he has on us. Then pray and plead with the Lord to make you a more compassionate wife and mother. After all, in Colossians 3.12, we are commanded, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Therefore, a Christian mother needs to work very hard to exercise these qualities toward her children. James 3.17 says, The wisdom that is from above is first pure, 
then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits. I love the phrase, easy to be entreated. It, it means it's not hard for people to ask us to do something. We should always be approachable with our families and with our brothers and sisters in Christ. A child should never be afraid to approach a parent with a respectful request. Now, every home needs rules in order to function orderly and peacefully, but the spirit in which we impose those rules is so important. Our directives should never be enforced with screaming, yelling, harshness, or anger. Another way you can show love to your children is by expressing affection and delight in them. We need to have the same attitude toward children that the Lord has. Psalm 127, 3 through 5 gives us a glimpse of how God views our little ones. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Do you recognize each of your children as a gift from the Lord? Do they know that you view them as a gift and not a burden? God gave them to you, and he wants you to love them and tenderly care for them. I heard a friend of mine relate this moving story after the passing of her father. She said she and her six adult siblings gathered together to reminisce about his godly life and the impact he had made on each one of them. One of her brothers spoke up and was apologetic for the fact that he believed he was always his dad's favorite child. Well, after he shared that, another sibling piped in and said he always thought he was their dad's favorite. And then my friend shared that she thought she was his favorite. As it turned out, all seven children thought they were their father's best loved child. What a wonderful legacy to leave behind that you have loved all of your children so well that each one thought that they were your most beloved one. To delight, to delight in your youngsters means to enjoy them. I love spending time with my grandkids. I like getting down on the floor and building blocks with them. I love going to the park and swinging with them and getting on the sliding board and playing make-believe things with them. And you know, if I could go back and rear my own children again, I would spend more time doing that. If I could go back, I would play with them more. I would laugh with them more and simply enjoy more fun times with them. Another way we love our children is by consistently administering loving, biblical, godly discipline. While you should delight in and enjoy your children, you must also recognize that they are sinners. They're very precious, but they are also depraved. You are to show affection to your children, recognizing what a precious gift they are. But you must guard against idolizing them, idolizing either your children or your grandchildren. It's sinful to mistreat children in harshness and anger but it's also wrong to treat them as if they're little gods. In far too many homes, the little kids rule the home. 
everything revolves around their needs and their schedule and their ultimate comfort and happiness. And it shouldn't be that way. Children must learn that they are not the center of the universe. They're born thinking they are. And you must teach them that they are not the center of the universe. They have to be trained to obey, to submit to authority, and in time to contribute to the well-being of all their family. Proverbs 22:15 says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. A mother who truly loves her child will discipline him. Proverbs 13:24 tells us, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent. There's that word again. Parenting requires a lot of diligence. He who loves his child is diligent to discipline him. And the way in which you discipline your children is extremely important. Godly, loving discipline will bring a child to repentance, but cruel, malicious punishment will only provoke a child to anger. A very good practice is to spank your child the first time he disobeys or demonstrates a sinful attitude. Train your children to obey the first time you speak, not after you count to 10 or snap your fingers three times or raise your voice in anger. Instruct your child one time in a calm, normal speaking voice. And if he doesn't obey the first time or has a rebellious attitude, then explain what he has done wrong and why he's being disciplined. Then calmly spank him on his backside where the Lord has provided plenty of cushion. And after spanking him, hug him. Reassure him of your love and pray with him. If you will discipline your children quickly, you'll be much more, uh, more, much less likely to become angry and grieve the Lord in your discipline. In order to love your children in a way that brings God glory, you must realize that it requires a lot of time. It takes time to teach your children the scriptures. It takes time to seize opportunities to show kindness and compassion. It takes time to express affection and delight and it definitely takes time to properly discipline children. All these aspects of child rearing require time and patience and energy, but it is well worth it. You must constantly remind yourself that you are making the most important investment you will ever make. If you allow yourself to listen to the world, you'll begin to believe that you don't have time to do all of this, but that's a lie. God always gives us the time and the grace to do what he has called and instructed us to do. Again, the world says, it's all about me. I have to look after myself. I have to make sure my needs are met. There are huge expectations of women in the workplace and even in ministry, often to the neglect of their children and their homes. Edith Schaefer wrote a wonderful book entitled, What is a Family? And in that book, she recorded these powerful words. Someone has to create family memories and undertake the wondrous task of having the family become a work of art. Someone has to be the nest maker and interior decorator. Someone has to take the time to pray and plan surprises. Someone must see the family as worth fighting for, worth calling a career, worth the hard work of training a child and running a home. 
referring to that book, another Christian author, Elizabeth George, wrote, on and on Mrs. Schaefer writes, showing the reader that this someone is the wife, the mother, and the homemaker, and that as such, she must embrace a life of being the giver. That's our role as mothers. Many women are beginning to realize that they cannot be a good wife, a caring mother, keep a clean home, cook nourishing meals, manage a challenging career, and look like a supermodel all at the same time. But sadly, this realization is coming after multitudes of homes have been split apart and thousands of children have been sacrificed on the altar of the mother's success. And even though the divorce rate in our country continues to spiral out of control, and we constantly see the trouble that our youth are in, many still don't understand what is happening to the family. The problem is, that so many, even Christian families, have left the biblical calling for the mothers to be loving wives and mothers as were commanded in Titus 2.4. Other than our personal relationship with the Lord Jesus, these are our most important duties. And that's why it's crucial that godly older women teach the younger women these things. Dear sisters, while you still have children at home, they are your most important ministry. When my children were small, we would often travel with my husband for preaching engagements, and frequently I was asked if I could play the piano or sing in my husband's meetings. And when I would reply, no, I'm really not musically gifted at all, then sometimes I would be asked if I taught women, or exactly what do you do in the ministry? And I would often answer, well, Right now, I'm shepherding a little flock of four, and that takes most of my time. I was pouring my life into my four children with a desire and a prayer that they would follow Christ with all their hearts and make far greater impact on the world around them than I could alone. As I read books published in the early 1900s, I see a very positive portrayal of motherhood. In volume after volume, the mother is often described as the most powerful influence in a child's life. Mothers were seen as spiritual advisors, earliest teachers, and loving nurturers. They were often described as molders of men. And as we read of men who were greatly used of God in history, it's amazing how many of them were taught the Bible by their mothers. The love and training we invest in our children will affect future generations. I believe that many women are unhappy in their role as mothers because we have made too little of that role. Dear sisters, I hope you understand that if you want to send your children into the world with strong spiritual values and a biblical worldview, their training is a major responsibility. I hope the words from the famous preacher Charles Spurgeon will encourage you. You are as much serving God in looking after your own children and training them up in God's fear and minding the house and making your household a church for God as you would be if you had, called, if you had been called to lead an army to battle for the Lord of hosts. There is a principle that holds true in all of life. Only as we invest much will the yield be great. Whether it be music, academics, or our study of scripture, we'll only see growth and improvement as we are willing to invest our time. 
Your children need you to invest a lot of time and energy into their lives in order to truly show them that you love them and to see them grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord for His glory. As I've already said, this life is not all about us and it's not all about our children. It's about God being glorified in us and in them as He deserves to be. We are to train discipline and love our children and grandchildren first and foremost for the glory of God. May he be pleased to teach you, lead you, and use you to love the children he has blessed you with, and may their lives be a testament of his great love, faithfulness, and grace to us. Until the next time, may God bless and keep you.